Welcome back to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap and dissect romance novels while going on tangents, being hilarious, and offering each other unconditional support. This week, we've got another guest episode. This time, Erin teams up with Sarah from the podcast, The DC TV Report. Here they are with Beautiful Player by Christina Lauren. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hi, Erin. How are you? I am so, so embarrassingly excited to be doing this. You have no excited. idea. I have been thrilled about this since you asked me. <laughs> so, HBs, if you're listening to this, Melody is on maternity leave, and we're actually recording this in it's September now. It's September 1st. It is 900 degrees outside. I assume people are going to be listening to this in parkas when it finally comes out. December, January. That's funny because it's 40 degrees outside here. It's actually a little bit cold. I'm wearing my furry slippers. My, I can't, my brain can't even, the the readout on my husband's car earlier was a hundred, honestly. So that's incredible. (laughs) Um, okay. So you are, so here's how, here's what I know of you. (laughs) <laughs> is we launched the podcast. Mm-hmm. We told all our friends. Well, Melody told all her friends. I didn't tell any of my friends because I was scared. Melody told all her friends, which included Tanya of Knight in Shining Armor fame. And then Tanya immediately was like, Sarah, 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 you've got to listen to this podcast. And I didn't know you before that, but uh-huh. you were a professor at the college that I went to and later coached at Bradley University. But I don't, that's all I know of you. So if you can tell us how you know, how, how did Tanya know to be like, Sarah, 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 Sarah. So I know Tanya again, because of Bradley university where I, I teach journalism in the department of communication and Tanya coached for the team. You know, she's a longtime member of this, the speech team and uh, has transitioned to being a coach and valuable resource. So I met her when she was teaching up that year, basically that she was there and then mm-hmm. she finished her degree there. So that's how we got to know each other. And of course, you know, Tanya, we talk about everything and that right. definitely, uh, mostly it includes TV. I'm, I'm also a TV person. I can get into that. But uh, it includes a lot of books, book recommendations. I I found out she reads romance and I was like, oh, well, I guess we're even more best friends now. So, Mm -hmm. so this is how she knew when it came out. Oh, oh, I have a podcast that you need to listen to. So she's good like that. She keeps me in good content. And then you became big podcast, like supporter of the podcast. And then we were able to bond over the X-Files and it turns out we should be best friends. And I was there at Bradley too that year. I don't know how we missed each other. I was very fresh that year. I'm a withered crone now, (laughs) but that year I was so trying to keep my head above water. (laughs) I was I was just trying to survive. It, those early years were yeah, it's just it, you're new at the job, you don't have experience to pull from. Now, 5 minutes before class, I'm like, "Ooh, I better finish off the syllabus." Uh, here we go. Uh, so, yeah. Which speaking of, that's how I now feel about the podcast. I was like, "Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm doing this one with Sarah. I should probably like take notes about the story because that's usually Melody's job." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll take at the beginning of the chapter, I'll write a little summation of like what happens in the chapter. 3 sentences long." most and I was like let me get my notes up and then Sarah pulls out conservatively four <laughs> printed pages of notes and quotes and reactions <laughs> I don't I don't 
don't know what I said or did to make you think this was necessary. I'm so you sorry. Nothing. Okay, first of all, you two come across as incredibly prepared in all the podcasts, so Not I so. assumed. <laughs> So that's a lie. There, there have been times I didn't know the name of the author, the name of the character, the race of the character. I mean, I, I don't know how you got prepared out of this podcast, but we didn't even start making notes until like episode 10. And now we've kind of fallen off again. Okay. Well, in my defense, this is 16 point font because Ooh. you have to be able to, you know, read at a glance. That's just sure the rules of podcasting. So, you know, sure. it's, it's artificially inflated here, but I have summaries <laughs> for every chapter. I have sent my notes from my Kindle that I made over here. And uh, yeah, this is how I'm sure if I, if I was about four episodes into this, I'd be like, well, oh, fuck that. <laughs> but for this one, I am prepared. I am ready to go. <laughs> Great. And is this how you prepare for your podcast? Oh gosh, do I have a podcast? That's you so do. wild. <laughs> what is uh, yeah. it about? So my podcast is the DC TV Report, where my co-host Edward O'Hare and I run down the live action DC television shows every week. Uh, that's things like Arrow and Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash and things like Lucifer and iZombie and uh, new shows coming up uh, on, on the DC Universe and elsewhere. So we do recaps, we run down all the news, and it is a bit of preparation because we have to, yeah. you know, search for the news and pull it all together. And it requires recapping and then giving it just short and then giving our thoughts on those shows. So it does, it, it takes a little bit of work, but yeah, you're right. We put it in a Google doc. I sort of copy and paste and I just keep it on my screen and it's, it's pretty low key. But yeah, if you're a fan of uh, those DC shows, I don't want to run down all of them for you because there's quite a few, but we will have content for you. We're delightful. Ed's the comic book guy. I'm the one who's like, well, if you, you know, if you refer back to the principles of feminist theory in analyzing this, and he's very patient with me about that. And so, you know, we bring a lot. That uh, seems like there would be a very like clear Venn diagram group that would be into your podcast and our podcast. So there are going to be people who, yeah, super love certain comic booky shows and people who super love the books that we're talking about here that mm-hmm. I, I do think there could be some overlap. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping some of my people find you and I'm mm-hmm. hoping some of your people find us and Me that too. could be a lot of fun. I Especially also, the feminist theory part. I know there's <laughs> going to be people that are like, what? Comic Go books on. and feminist theory? <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, I mentioned this actually on your uh, on the Facebook page, uh, it just in a comment where Mel was talking about having a spirited debate about the quality of romance novels as literature. So I mentioned this in the mm-hmm. comment, but I, I teach media, race and gender, and I have a whole unit that I do on comics and video game representation. So that's race, gender, class, etc. And then I also have a section on romance novels, because it occurred to me, I'm the professor. I get to pick mm-hmm. the content. And if yeah. I want to talk about the inherent sexism and how quickly people dismiss and mock romance novels, by God, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so every semester I introduce a bunch of sports comm majors who are just there because they really love basketball bra. To uh-huh. And they need that novels. one comm credit. They do. It's writing intensive. I make them write. And we talk mm-hmm. about, um, yeah, why we should not be so quick to dismiss romance novels. And at the end of the semester, a couple semesters ago, I did have one student who said, I had never considered it before. You opened my eyes. I picked up my first book and I loved it. And I was just like, this is, this is why I teach. I'm so happy. So, And okay, speaking of preparedness, I have the wrong book up. I have the book Melody and I are doing this week. Close book. Bring up Beautiful Player by Christina Lauren. 
So I said, hey, we can do any book you want to do. I'm just so happy you're doing this while Melody's out. And this was in what, the list? You sent a list, right? I sent a a rather large list because I was like, okay, (laughs) much like Alexander Hamilton, I'm not, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm not throwing away my shot. And so I sent a list of every book I've ever thought, oh, that would be so much fun to talk about. And this was on here. And as it turns out, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, this was already on your list too. Right? Yeah, this is already in our queue. Somebody, one of our five-star reviewers already recommended this. So I'm sorry if that's you. You probably are getting this maybe three to four months later than you would because we're waiting for Melody's baby to come out. So sorry, whoever and recommended this one. I'm going to do my best to be as sparkling as Mel. I, I make oh, no you promises, but I'll do my best. <laughs> I know Melody has like a, a compulsive, uh, what maybe neurosis is the right word about me replacing her with somebody else. So I'm not going to say you're more sparkly than Melody, but I would say just like a fraction, like a small, like right just about as sparkly as Melody. I bring a different kind of sparkle, but Mel's is the original. She's the OG sparkle. OG sparkle. <laughs> If I say you're as sparkly as her, she's going to be like, what? What? <laughs> anyway. Okay. All right. So, Erin, so, I have a question for you. Have you read any me. Christina Lauren before? No, but it's been recommended over and over and over again. Um, and I don't think, well, I shouldn't say no. I maybe have in the before times, um, but... I never really like, I wasn't a Goodreads person. Mm -hmm. I just kind of consumed romance novels and then they were done and then they kind of left my brain. I never, I mean, there are ones that stuck with me, of course, but I wasn't like cataloging. I wasn't in the Romance Landia community. I wasn't talking about them with anybody. Sure. So it's possible I have, but I don't remember uh, reading any Christina. Gotcha. Gotcha. Why do you ask? Well, I was, I was just curious if you knew the story of the author, and no. okay, so it's two authors, right? It's, it's two people, exactly. Uh, it's it's Christina Hobbs and uh, or Lauren. Ha- oh, I already have screwed this up. We- it's okay. Making mistakes is one of the theses of this podcast. It's one of the things we 20, love doing. 24 pages of notes that I don't have the woman <laughs> names for the two authors. Uh, but no, it, it's best friends named Christina and Lauren who write together. And their first book was. Fifty Shades of Grey fanfic. Oh. And that is uh, HBs who are reading this book and this book only and haven't read anything else in the universe. Bennett and Chloe are Christian Grey and Anna Steele. That's what that was. And so they had had done this fanfic and they reworked it and they published it. And it's why initially I was a little reluctant to pick them up, actually, because I thought Fifty Shades fanfic is not a thing I need in my life. I just don't need that in my life. Um, but I did, thank God, because it's great. And when I started thinking about which book would, would I want to do if it was Christina Lauren, so many of them are so good and so good in such different ways. It was hard to pick. So Beautiful Player already being on your list was perfect. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I think this is the one and only Christina Lauren that people have recommended on five star reviews. So this has to be a favorite. Perfect. Perfect. So we have Will the hero and Hannah, the heroine, AKA Ziggy to her family and friends. And, uh, she is at, it opens up. She's at an art show with her brother and her father. And I love this. She's going through the art and she doesn't like anything cause it's modern art and she doesn't get it. Whereas her brother and dad are like, mm, 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 very, she thinks oh, they're it's, being, it's just mm, the man's inhumanity man here is just, it's so, mm. and her brother is talking to her about, uh, Oh, no. First, she sees one painting that's a double helix. And then across the canvas is written, we all know interspecies romance is weird. And that makes her laugh. And she's like, I like this one. They're like, you would. (laughs) Um, Which I was like, oh, I like her already. 
And then they start talking about how she needs to, like, get out. Like, she's a, what is she? She's some kind of scientist at a lab. And they're like, you spend too many hours in the lab, like, using this as an example of, like, that's the only painting you like is the science one. You are spending way too many hours there, and you need friends, you need fun. And I loved this. Her brother says, you're so smart, you're fun, you're social, you're a pretty girl. And she says, woman, Woman. I corrected in a mumble. (laughs) (laughs) And my note on that was, yes, stick up for yourself, woman. And and I think I like her. Exactly. And I think it's it. Why are they doing the intervention? Well, they're worried about her and why they worry about her. I think because she's the baby. She's, you know, they're, they're protective. So it was an interesting snapshot of how the family sees her. I loved the description of the family dynamic. I'd often noted how it seemed the most prominent personality traits of my parents, vigilance, charm, caution, impulse, and drive had been divided cleanly and without contamination among their five offspring. Vigilance and drive were headed into a battle in the middle of a Manhattan soiree. I loved mm. that. So is there a book about, does this series follow the five offspring or just the friend? They're, they're Will's friends, right? Oh, both. both. Okay. So book one is Chloe and Bennett. Book two is Sarah and Max. Max, yeah. And that's probably my favorite. And oh. I realized, well, we can get into this as we get into Will in this, but Will is a big part of that book two. And he's this irrepressible player. He's, he's the fun guy who bounces through life. And so here he falls so hard and so fast for Hannah. In some ways it's a little jarring because if you're reading this in a void, you don't know him from before, but book two Mm -hmm. will is, is player will. So I think it's kind of interesting a little bit because I felt like this book glossed over a little bit. Some of the details that I would have wanted about will Mm -hmm. like they kind of, it goes without saying what his job actually is. Like, I think I figured out mid book that he was a scientist as well. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, why didn't she make that more clear? And it's probably clearer in the first two. Exactly. So I, I read these, I slammed through this whole series, uh, 2016, maybe, So it didn't Mm -hmm. occur to me how reading this out of order, out of place, might change the character motivations a little bit. But Mm -hmm. we know Will. We know Will from the first book. And then later books have uh, Niles... And Jensen, I want to say, both okay. get books. So it does. Okay. It's a little bit of both. It, it does the. And those are her the, two brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get some too. Um, even George, at some point, you get a little bit of a, a final uh, story for George, Sarah's okay. assistant. So, yeah, yeah. It's, they tease out everybody. So at the end of this conversation at the art gallery, so Jensen is friends with Will, our hero. So Jensen, her brother, friends with Will, the hero. She he says Will's also living in the city, which is New York City. Um, you should call him and you guys should go out. So it turns out Will had an internship with Hannah's father when he was in college and she was what, like 15 or young. Impressionable. Um, She was impressionable. (laughs) (laughs) And he lived at their house, um, because his family was on the West coast. And so, um, she like grew up in her teenage years just being like, this is the hottest man I've ever seen in my life. And like, he'd come home for holidays to their house because he couldn't afford to fly home. And like one time he hooked up with her sister and she's like, oh my God, my sister's so lucky. Like he played the <laughs> I, bass in a band. He had tattoos. I want to say at one point she describes him as walking around the house like it was offensive to him to wear shirts. Yes, so he's I remember that shirtless yeah. all the time. So yeah. I think when when her brother says you should call Will, her ears perk up like a dog when you say treat. What? Yeah. what? Will? <laughs> and so all of a sudden, uh, all right, I could, I could, 
I'll call Will. <laughs> Can I just say, Melody does that, like puts the hands on her head and does, like literally does that whenever there's food smells. Like she'll be walking down the street. She will take her hands and put them on her head and go, if there's like the smell of grilling nearby. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you that. The exact same thing you just did. I'm trying to fill her shoes as best I can, and that includes hand ears. <laughs> um, I think if she saw this guy walking down the street, she'd do the same thing. As soon as Jensen says, go hang out with Will, she's got like a three-page description on how hot Will is and how she grew up just like wanting him so bad. And he's now in his 30s, and he's some kind of scientist, and he lives in the city. So she's decided she's going to call him like her brother once or two, but she makes a huge mistake. <laughs> and she calls him at like, what, 4.30 in the morning? Oh, oh my God. Hannah, girl. Oh, so socially awkward. She is so clueless. And, and it, to her credit, she realizes, oh, oh, you were asleep. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> Yeah, she she's like, the second chapter opens up one ring, two. I stopped pacing long enough to pull back the curtain and peek out the window, frowning up at the sky. It was still dark out, but I reasoned it was bluer than black and starting to smudge pink and purple along the horizon. So technically morning. (laughs) (laughs) And she's never called this person before in her life. So she doesn't even know that the brother has given him a heads up or not. Like, it's rough. Yeah. So he obviously she wakes him up and he's like, oh, it's she's like, oh, I didn't wake you, did I? And he's like, oh, no, my alarm was going to go off in an hour or so, you know. <laughs> so um, they kind of talk through, hey, let's hang out. She's like, Jensen told us to hang out. Let's hang out. And they talk through schedules a little bit and they can't really find anything that works. So he's like, um, hey, why don't you go on a run with me right now? And she's never run before in her life. She, she says, you run on purpose? <laughs> Right. So it's like February, right? It's really January, February cold in wherever they're at. No, New York City. So very cold. And she somehow scrapes together like a running outfit. I would 100% full scale panic if I had never worked out in my life and I was supposed to go meet this guy in whatever people wear to run in the winter. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I would have some sort of thin, stretchy pants that would be appropriate for other weather but yeah like underskirt leggings yeah yeah but she doesn't have she doesn't have shoes she doesn't have as we find out in great detail a good bra you know (laughs) there's going to be nothing moisture wicking she probably doesn't know that she needs moisture wicking no and bing boom bong running in winter if you are not wearing winter clothing like moisture wicking clothing and you're working out outside in winter it is going to soak up the water and then it's going to make you much colder because it's going to freeze against your skin so that's safety tips i'm i'm chafing just thinking about it yeah (laughs) but she doesn't really like she finds clothes there's a narrative about like she's trying to find the right clothes to wear but she doesn't freak out in the way that i i would have a full-scale panic attack over this well i think it's part of her she's so she's so work focused career focused grad school focused that clothes just aren't i don't know that she would think about that although i would think Mm -hmm. as a scientist she would think what will the exposure of extreme cold temperatures do upon a perspiring human figure i don't know she doesn't even bring a hat right he brings a hat yeah it's the first of about 800 instances where they use the word beanie and i have to say (laughs) not a sexy word and they use it all (laughs) of the time what word would you use stocking cap i feel like that's worse that is worse that is work toke 
Toke gives you like a cute Canadian vibe. I've never even heard that word before. How do you spell that? What is that? T-O-Q-U-E. It's like Toke. a like a hat, like a jaunty. Well, now you're now I'm questioning myself. I just know. <laughs> All right, Canadians, this one was for you. <laughs> Toke, did I just misappropriate your culture? Please let me know. Maybe. Um, I just I feel like beanie is something that that kid who went to grade school with you, who always had the runny nose, like that's what he wore in the winter. I guess I use skull cap. I think I say skull cap. Is that the same thing? I don't know. Yes. Anyway, so she's decided she's going to go meet him and she's going to like observe his ways so that she can figure out how to like meet people, like get in and get out like Will does player style. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to be like a secret agent. Like I'm going to get in there and I'm going to get out. So she runs up to him and gives him a hug that she is like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm giving him a hug. Like it's very like introspective um and they have a little cute interaction here um where he gives her a little hat and she he calls her ziggy and she's like oh i haven't heard anyone but my family called me that in a long time and he says well what do your friends here call you and she's like hannah but he continues to call her ziggy he he does he wants no part of that oh hannah that's nice Mm -hmm. okay anyway ziggy (laughs) And uh, he's going to do like a one and a half mile loop, usually does six miles. And she's very confident of like, yeah, that sounds like something I can do. I can run one and a half miles. That's so super easy. And it kicks her ass and her boobs hurt real bad. And she's wearing the wrong shoes and the wrong clothes. Also on this run, she calls him the pussy expert. She's very, this character's very blunt in a way that's. <laughs> it's it, it, kind of off-putting and kind of it, heroic. It's I, That's exactly how I felt about it. I feel like if, if this was a character at, who was doing this for attention. I'm going to say this wild thing to see what you say. She uh-huh. would be insufferable. Oh, totally. Like if she was a popster with that, I would have put this book down immediately, but she just says it. She just, and there's a lot of later on talk about like porn. And I was watching porn the other day. And again, yeah. if, if, if she was somebody who was like, I'm going to see what he says about this, but she's just talking. She wants his opinion. She's curious about it. And it makes it tolerable in a way that I think in literally any other circumstance, I would be like, Oh God, this girl. No. Cause I think it stems from her social anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, not anxiety, but her social maybe ineptitude. Like, I think that she just doesn't realize that maybe it's crazy to bust out with these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And thankfully Will loves it. You know, he's, yeah. yeah. But she says once that he told her that he was the pussy expert when she was 12. (laughs) And I love this. He's horrified that she remembers that, which I would think so. Can you imagine if somebody said, do you remember when you were 19 and you said, Oh God, no, no. But But I can also imagine being 12 years old and a man that is like the hottest man I've ever seen in my house tells me that, he's the pussy expert. I would remember that for the rest of my life. I, I'd be cross-stitching that on pillows. Like that would be a big <laughs> motif. And she actually says, <laughs> I, I feel like that exists someplace on uh-huh. Etsy that exists. She says, does. you were a 19 year old hot friend of my brother who joked about sex in our house. You were practically a mythical creature, which, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that. And I think that actually sets the stage for everything. What he said when she was 12 became how he is for her. And that leads to all the frustration with the miscommunication and misunderstanding that just persists through 90% of this book. Yes. (laughs) Literally Um, 90%. 
He takes off his shirt at the end. I think he's taking off one shirt, but the other shirt rides up or something like that. She's checking out his tattoos. And so it's pretty clear they're attracted to each other. He gets it. She gets it. Um, And then she blurts out, are you dating anyone? (laughs) And he furrowed his brows as if he hadn't quite understood what I said. And after a moment, he said, no. His adorably confused reaction helped me forget how inappropriate my question had been. Do you really have to think about it? <laughs> he says, no, smartass. And no, there isn't anyone I would introduce to you by saying, hey, Ziggy, this is so-and-so, my girlfriend. And so she's like, oh, he's dating a lot of people then. That's yeah, what that she, And she calls him on it. What a very specific evasion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I like she, 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 ends this, she ends this chapter with confidence because she is aware that he is aware of her boobs. She is very aware <laughs> of his awareness and she feels like if he is that aware of this, I can handle him. You know, if, if he is that like, Oh wow, then I'm going to be fine here. And if I can, mm-hmm. okay. If I can have my own bing, bing, bong, bong, <gasps> uh, what is it? What is it called? Call it something. Nerd lingo with Sarah. Nerd lingo with Sarah. Bing, bing, bong. So he would never say, hello, I was a fucking D&D pro, Ziggs. He would say, hello, I was the dungeon master in my gaming group in college. It felt a little like somebody had read, oh, I should bring up D&D, but they didn't know. They didn't know. If you want to be the champion, you're you're the dungeon master. That's what you are. Yeah. So at the end of this thing, he says that she, he's going to fix her up with Chloe and Sarah, his male friends, girlfriends, so that um, she can go get, like, clothes and have lady friends in the city. Next chapter is Will goes to lunch with his friends, and um, we kind of get his side of things of what happened on the run. Uh, We learn about his two not-girlfriends, Kitty and Christy, which I found a little bit annoying that that was their names. Oh, my God. I feel like whenever there's a side piece in a romance novel, they're named, like, Kitty or Candy or... I don't know, right? Um, There is, and there's even... um, We hear more of their names later on. So there's Mm -hmm. Kitty and there's Christy, and there's Lara, and there's one more, and it's ridiculous. And (laughs) it's just like, can we not... Can we have mm-hmm. better names? But is there really a woman named Kitty out there who's panting after him? It's just so... If we have any listeners named Kitty, I apologize. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a fine nickname. It's just like, I... It, it just... She was described in such a uh, dismissive way of like, oh, this is girl named Kitty, and I see her weekly for sex, but she wants more, and like, ha, 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 her feelings. Like, I... Yeah, no, same. I feel like they they chose sort of intentionally cheerleaderish names. And I don't mean to say that about the names, but it's it's just Mm -hmm. there's something sort of extra girly and the IE ends. And by the way, it was it was um, Kitty and Lara and Natalia and Christy are the women that he wrote. Natalia. Oh, God. It's just like what I have to tell myself is Christina Lauren, Christina and Lauren didn't ever want to use those names as heroines. And so they felt like they were safe to use for his side pieces. And so they were like, we will never write that Natalia. So let's make her one of the side pieces. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. But every, and um, also they're I don't so know. similar. I think they were made to sound inherently slutty. Like it's okay know, that Will's it's... doing this. It's not okay that Natalia is doing this. Sorry if we have any Natalias. I don't <laughs> See, think they do. I feel bad, but I do. I really feel like those names were kind of, it wasn't like Jane, you know, it, it was, yeah. it was, in, it just, it felt like 
a little implied judgment. You're right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And also they were really similar. If you're going to have two side pieces, I feel like as the dude, wouldn't Kitty and Christy get messed up in your head? And wouldn't you, wouldn't you want a Susan and a Kitty? (laughs) You know, (laughs) Susan and a Kitty. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, if it's going to be as arbitrary as his weekly fuck schedule seems to be, why not go out and grab a Susan, uh, just so you can tell everybody apart. <laughs> Get you a Susan. But so he talks about his inner monologue is like, oh, Katie and Christy and Laura and Natalia, they're okay. But like, I'm sort of getting bored with this whole just sex thing. And maybe I'm getting bored of sex altogether, which is, uh, I, probably surprising if you've read the first two books, I would think. Exactly. And that's, that's where I think the development felt really rushed here, but the author was relying on pre-existing knowledge of the character. And then his inner monologue talks about how he was so captivated by Ziggy on the run and how halfway through the run, he had just kind of like outright stared at her and looked all at her boobs and stuff. Um, mostly because she didn't have an appropriate bra on. And so they were, uh, everywhere. (laughs) Did that Um, make that made, that was hard to read. Uh, just the, <laughs> yeah. oh honey well, just the painfulness i don't know. I, know I have really small boobs so i wouldn't really know what that's like but i imagine it's terrible oh it's terrible yes no let me tell you some things it's terrible i pressed <laughs> my hands to my boobs in phantom aches oh no oh no oh but i also like i've seen women with large boobs running without appropriate bra gear and it doesn't seem to me to be sexy i don't know like i'm not into boobs really yeah. but like that doesn't seem like a sexy movement of like flop 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 flop. I, I mean, it does. I can't imagine it makes you feel sexy. I it just right, doesn't sure. seem like to onlookers it's going to be. Right. I have. I'm not a runner, but I have read that well endowed women will sometimes wear like two sports bras. Like that's yes. how much it takes to strap them down. And later, way later on, uh, there's some scene where they're outside and they've been running and Will sees that her her nipples are erect and perky and pebbled uh-huh. and whatever else. And it's like, shouldn't she, <laughs> if it's November or if it's February and she's in, like, actually has the good running bra at this point and she should be bundled up for the weather, what, what? She should have more support and you should not be seeing nipple there, right? Yeah, there should be, like, a, a straight-up coat. There sh- she should be wearing a straight-up, like, <laughs> like, a running coat, but, like, a coat. Like, she should have layers. Cold. She yeah. should have, I'm not, not trying to nipple shame anybody, but like, no, they can be erect <laughs> under there, but I feel like we shouldn't be able to see him if she has the proper gear. Right. right. Outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's going to send her on a shopping trip with Chloe and Sarah. It's Sarah, right? It's Sarah. I just, I got confused because you're Sarah and I was worried and that I had the wrong name. If I may, Sarah spelled the right way, which is no H. <laughs> Correct. Um, let's see. And also she's texting him. He sets her up on this friend date and she only has a flip phone. And the, the text she sends is awesome with a three in the middle. And then all one word, I can't find the space key. And then the equal sign and all one word, I will call you. (laughs) I thought that was so endearing. It was cute. And it also made me dive back into the book to figure out when this was published. So this was 2013. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit more reasonable at that point that somebody would still have a flip phone, I think. Because we were still doing, remember the terrible texting where you have to press the one button Mm -hmm. eight times and then the two buttons. When I met David in 2014, he only had a flip phone. (laughs) 
he finally caved like two years ago, but yeah. Was it, was it the principle of the thing or did he just like, what was he? Yeah, I think it was the principle of the thing. I think he didn't want, he still is like, oh, I'm chewing my phone because now he's like on Reddit all the time and like, you know, is in his phone. And I think he didn't want to be in his phone in that way. And I also think he didn't like the maps app because he liked to know his way around town without the maps. Whereas I lean on that so hard. I can't even call it a crutch because it just is my legs. Like I can't go anywhere without it. If I'm honest with myself, probably the biggest game changer for my life is having a map in my phone that tells me where I need to turn so I can stop being lost 50% of the time. My husband, however, takes it as a point of pride to take every weird ass backcountry road that we can when we're going Uh someplace and not, I can do this. I'm just going to head due east and we'll get there. But what, dude, I've got a map on my phone. No, 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 Mm -hmm. I got this. I don't understand. One of the many times in our early dating relationship when I thought that David was actually going to murder me, um, not because of anything he did, but just because I've always got murder on the brain. um, You can never be too careful or prepared. Like our first date, I didn't let him pick me up because I'm like, I'm not getting in some car with some guy I met on match, you know, and then like maybe date three or so I let him pick me up. And then the way home, he was not going the direction of my house. And I'm like, Oh no. Okay. <laughs> We're going somewhere else. Like, Are you taking so me finally, to the woods? Yeah. You- well, have I ever told a story about the, the shooting pigeons on the podcast? I don't know if you've listened to everyone. I, I, I don't know <laughs> that I'm asking you. I'm on the podcast. I, I don't remember hearing it. Okay. So, this is probably date two. He's going in the exact opposite direction of my apartment. And I was like, I was sitting there with my eyes closed being like, okay, this is going to happen. Like, what's the plan? Like, I've got my cell phone. Like, I've low been training my whole life for this. I'm ready. I know. <laughs> Me too. And so I'm like, okay, do I, I need to alert him at some point, but I'm not going to alert him until I'm prepared, you know? And so finally I'm like, uh, you're going the wrong way. And he was like, what? And I'm like, you're going the wrong way. And he's like, Oh, oh, yeah. I Sorry. I'm like going to my apartment. I'm sorry. He just flips a U and goes. And I was like, okay, all right, we'll turn the emergency off of my phone. We'll like, you know, like all the things I was doing. So then date like maybe three or four. He's like, oh, you're in the army. You probably know how to shoot guns. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you want to go out and shoot clays with me sometimes. That's a nice activity date or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea with a guy I just met to go out and shoot clay <laughs> pigeons in the middle of fucking nowhere. Because we don't have like, I mean, we have shooting ranges in Alaska, but there, there's no sense in going to an actual. Is all of Alaska a shooting range? Yeah, pretty much the whole, <laughs> the whole place is. You can drive maybe 20 minutes out of town and there's no one there. So. That's what we do. We drive like 20 minutes out of town and we're on our way out there. And of course, because of our jobs, we joke about murdering each other a lot. Like maybe the first night I spent in his house, we had a very long conversation about John Wayne Gacy. Like we're always kind of in this realm. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I look in the back of the cab and there is duct tape, a tarp (laughs) and one rifle. And I didn't bring my own rifle. He said he'd bring two. And so I just kind of casually was like, where are the, where are the clays? Like, where'd you, where'd you put the clays at? And he's like, oh, they're in the bed of the truck. And I'm like, aren't they going to break in the bed of the truck? Cause we're on like gravelly, you know, and he's like, no, no, it'll be fine. I'm like, okay, well, where's the, where's the other rifle? And he kind of looked back and he's like, oh yeah, that must be in the bed too. And I was like, 
I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> and I look at my phone and it's like already no service. I'm like, no this is service. It. No. Like, this is how I go. Like, at least it's going to be a gun. Like, great. But then It'll be fast. Clay pigeons I mean... and it was, uh, it was a super nice date. Did you, <laughs> at what point did you tell him you thought that was curtains for you? Like on the way back or was no, it later? I think it was like maybe a year or two in at least. Yeah. <laughs> And then, so he then told me on the first date when he met me just like at a restaurant downtown, he was like, yeah, I wasn't sure you, you know, like I had a gun on me because, you know, I don't just meet strangers. And I was like, you had a gun on a first date? I let you walk me to my car. And he's like, yeah, that was probably a real stupid move, you know? I was like, oh my God. Oh no. So early in our relationship, Jason was taking a serial murder class as part of his undergrad. <laughs> like a how-to? Like, it was a, he's a criminal justice major. Uh-huh. Uh, and and it, it was, a, it was he actually was able to do a phone interview with the detective who caught Eileen Warnos. Like, that was his final project. Ooh, so it was, nice. it was, yeah. But So we're on the couch one night. We're just watching TV. And he leans over and says, you know, I match many of the hallmarks of a serial killer. You want to hear more? And I was like, no, 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 no. Good. No. Yay. <laughs> But, but yeah, you know, white male, above average intelligence, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, murder. Murder was actually kind of a hallmark of ours, too. What is that? Yeah. I don't know. That That's a hallmark of cool people who are in good, lasting relationships. So if you haven't discussed in depth any serial killers with your husband What are you wife, even doing? Yeah, you're your not doing it right. <laughs> Okay, so where are we at? We lost it. I think we're uh, on chapter two. I don't know. Chapter two, 37 <laughs> minutes in. Get ready, guys. Okay, so there, but the thing is, there isn't a ton of like plot in this yeah. book. It is all interior and it's probably 15% describing how hot the other person is, which I'm there right. for. Yeah, I'd it, like to hear about Will's lean muscles. That's great. Oh, yeah. If, if this were in the hands of a less capable storyteller, mm-hmm. this, I would, oh, hmm. So he tells uh, Sarah and Chloe to go shopping with her. He specifically is like, hey, get her a sports bra um, because she needs one. Um, He's really awkward about it. It super amuses his bro friends. Yeah, because uh, I think he's on the phone with one of the girls and the bros are there in person. I don't remember. They yeah. might all be there. But the, Sarah laughs and says, oh, yeah, we're on it. Bras to support the supple breasts of your non-girlfriend. God, you're such a fucking pig. <laughs> Yeah, that's correct. Um, So then I forget where he's... I think he has lunch with her then after she gets all her um, stuff, after she goes shopping with them. And she says a bunch of sex stuff to him um, to include... I'm neither... She's asking him sex uh, questions. I'm neither a virgin nor a woman trying to get in your pants. We can discuss sex. And they have... Is this where she talks about porn with him and stuff? I think that's a little bit later, but she does have so many awkward sex talks with him. Uh Uh-huh. There's so many. And this is the one where she talks about hymen regeneration. Yes, you're right. This is, I have, they have awkward sex talk in my notes here. She, um, I do love, she mentions that she got a breast reduction because Mm -hmm. it's not all fun and games. You know, your bra straps hurt, you got back pain, blah, blah, blah. And he's so horrified. Yeah. They're in in the way in the way of what my hands my face don't you <laughs> blaspheme in here she didn't mean it Lord promise I love that 
Um, so she has this idea where this is going to be the new hot surgery for ladies is to get their hymen regenerated so that men can get the virgin experience. Um, I, I wrote that she has a strong misconception about what a hymen is for a scientist, but, um, you know, whatever, but I'll say again, this is maybe the third time on the podcast. The hymen is a scrunchie, not a piece of cellophane, but, um, that's being boom bong, uh, forensic science with Aaron. That's all that paragraph is right. Moving yeah, on. Pretty, chapter much, three? pretty okay. much, pretty much. All right, so they go on another run. He says that eventually that she's going to have to stop running with him in the morning because he needs to train for this big race. I think it's a triathlon, right? Oh, yeah, it's a triathlon. He's hiking, biking, bear hunting or something is what she thinks it is. Oh, I have in my note, they see Kitty, but I don't remember that. They see Kitty? They do. Running, and Kitty is there running as well. I see. Okay. And she's friendly, and she's beautiful and perky. I want to say red-haired... And it's what you think when you think, you know, his side piece, Kitty, she's your basic nightmare, you know, Um, yeah, I don't remember what this is a callback to, but it says we walked in silence for a few moments and I looked back over my shoulder, understanding dawning. She was the non-girlfriend. Her boobs were, wow, she clearly (laughs) knows Jesus. I don't know how that, what that was a callback to. Will completely cracked up and wrapped his arm around my shoulders. Let's just say finding religion cost her a lot of money. I think that is Will saying, they've joked about, could you find Jesus in my boobs? And Will says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can find Jesus okay. in, the, in your boobs, yeah. Yeah, so that's that. And then she invites him, there's going to be some kind of like work mixer. And she asks him to come with her to the work mixer. And she doesn't seem to talk to any of our work friends. They just kind of sit at a bar and talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. I don't, they, I picture what her coworkers say about her. (laughs) Oh my God, Hannah. Oh, she's never going to come. Don't even bother inviting her. Why? Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then she comes in with this like remarkably hot guy and then just doesn't talk to any of them. Um, They have crazy awkward sex talk this is the porn conversation um and he starts thinking of her as hannah instead of ziggy for the first time so this is big they this fall is big. a little bit in love yeah i mean this book is so internal that it's hard to recap like he starts thinking um something about her made me feel hungry like i wanted to be as honest and calm about everything in my life as she was i wanted to know hannah to hear her thoughts on everything I paused my fresh beer partway to my lips and registered that I'd thought of her as Hannah. It sort of felt like letting out a long-held breath. Ziggy was Jensen's sister. Ziggy was the kid I never knew. Hannah was this uninhibited, self-possessed woman in front of me who I was pretty sure was going to effectively wreck my world. So it's it's all kind of like that, guys. It's it's kind of like Fifty Shades Freed in a way where it's like they go shopping, they go on a jet ski, they go on a plane, they go. Rah, 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 rah. But the difference is this is like super well written, and they're not th- <laughs> the thoughts that they're thinking about each other aren't what a cool plane, what a neat jet ski. Should I buy some jewelry or not? <laughs> and also, what? the underlying relationship is healthy. Yes, and you know. Yeah, that's true. We want to hear these two's thoughts. We don't want to hear the thoughts being sunk (laughs) in Fifty Shades. Okay, uh, so then she goes and hangs out with Sarah and Chloe again. And they're kind of they're kind of protective big sister mama tigers who say, Mm -hmm. you know, he sees a lot of people, right? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I like that they they're they're loyal to Will, but they don't want to see this nice new person get hurt. And so I, I, I super love that. 
sister dynamic, but also, you know, Will's our friend. He's a good guy, but he's probably not going to be maybe what you're, and, and when they realize, okay, mm. she knows we're good. We're good. It's yeah. Cool. But they also kind of convince her to bang him. They're like, okay, now that you know what he is, maybe bang it out. Cause God bless. he's super hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they go on a run and then the plan is that they're both going to shower and go to breakfast. This has become their routine. And right after her shower, she gets a, what are you wearing? text from will and i think it even says hannah what are you wearing there was something where he didn't call her ziggy uh-huh and it says i looked down at the towel around my otherwise naked chest and typed black jeans yellow top blue sweater like what she's planning on wearing to <laughs> breakfast and he, he says no i mean insert innuendo what are you wearing <laughs> And she's like, now I was really confused. I don't get it. I typed, he says, I'm sexting you. And she pauses and she's like, oh, I get it. Sexting. That's really clever. You're so <laughs> smart, Will. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and he's like, that's not a new, not a new term. Um, <laughs> and now he wants her to say something dirty. So they have a full on sext session. If and I'm... can I say for a novice sexter, she yeah. busts out. Sometimes when we're running and you're controlling your breathing and lost in the rhythm of it, I wonder what noises you make during sex. And I got to say, that's an A plus on your first sext. Well done, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's like, way to just uh, dive in there. You're going to need a minute or five. And she's like, I mean, I'm sorry. I can't believe I said that. And he's like, you're kidding me. That was like Christmas. Clearly, I need to up my game. Hold on. I might need to stretch first. <laughs> And then he he goes, your tits looked great today. And she's like, that's all you've got? And he's like, oh, you're unimpressed? And she just types Zs. Um, so, yeah, he talks about licking and fucking her tits. He talks about wanting to see them. Um, she says something about it's hard to type with one hand. La, 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 la. So... And now she's all see JK, LOL, though. or is she? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. really. He's like, what? Are you touching yourself? And she's like, gotcha. But like, then she does. Yeah. <laughs> and then who's ready for breakfast? Oh, God. And then they have like a super awkward breakfast because now they don't know what to do because now it's like it's kind of crossed that line. But I will say he knows her breakfast order, which is mm -hmm. adorable. And also very sweet because she's in, a little late because she had to get herself off before she got there. I mean, time management is one of the things she's working on. And if I can be Mel here with the ears, <gasps> lemon, pan lemon pancakes with berries. Yeah, that sounded really good. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. So she I forget what she does, but she like snaps at him somehow. And I don't remember. I mean, how. she kind of always does. Yeah. So it's hard to keep track of yeah. which time. Yeah. So well, he, re he refers to helping out Jensen's baby sister, which mm -hmm. would oh, irritate that's what it is. That would irritate the most placid of personalities, I mm -hmm. think. So yeah, he for he pushes it shoves it hard back into the friend zone. And I think that's what annoyed her. So she invites him to a grad school party that she's going to have at a grad school apartment. And um, this is the best chapter in the book, uh, hands down. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. So his chapter starts off, something has changed. A switch had flipped in the past few days, and now there was a leaden weight between us now. It had started a few mornings ago on our run when she was quiet and distracted and fallen to her side when her leg cramped. Oh, yeah. Did they have a leg cramp thing? And there was, yeah, there was Where he, like, stretching leg. and massaging yeah. of things. Afterwards at breakfast, she'd clearly been irritated, but that was easy to read. She was fighting something. She was annoyed in the same way I was, as if we should be able to wrestle against this magnet that seemed intent on pulling us to a different place, a non-friend zone place. So, yeah, she invites him to this grad school party. He's like, is it going to be a rager? Like, because he knows exactly what this is. I am older than Will in this book. (laughs) I cannot imagine Going to a graduate school party in a graduate school apartment with graduate school, like, (laughs) cleanliness? Is that? I don't mean to. Yeah. Well, he even describes what, let let me see here. He describes what it is when he walks in and he's like. Milk crates, milk crates shelves (laughs) and no furniture. Everybody's wearing like hipster style clothing. He's like, there's like a, there's a, a big bowl of every alcohol. (laughs) Uh, punch, you know, like everything. He's like, oh yeah, I I remember what this is. I've done this. (laughs) She comes in, she gets a drink and she, he's like, you know, you don't usually drink. Are you sure you want to drink? Which seemed controlling at the start, but then I realized what he was doing because it was somebody else that had offered her a drink and she Mm -hmm. took it. And he thought that maybe she was just kind of appeasing the host maybe yeah but i I, I also had a little moment of like she can say no herself i mean it sounds a little bit like yeah, hey, yeah. what do you do you don't drink what do you do yeah so she has a drink of it and then um she and it's, it's important like, to note that that drink is plum flavored because yes. that's where we get i can't plum. I can't with this. If you if you if you read Christina Lauren, you just have to embrace the fact that everybody's going to have some sort of fruit or floral nickname, <laughs> and that's just Max's name for Sarah is Petal, and that's what we call her. And just, saw we just deal with it. We deal. But did did Petal rise organically from the text? I felt like Plum was so forced because mm-hmm. it was a Plum flavored drink, and it wasn't even like. We hear in the narrative in the internal monologue that this is plum flavor, but no one says, here, Hannah, have a plum flavored drink. This is a plum flavored bowl of stuff. You know what I mean? Also, would a graduate school party described thusly have a plum flavored drink? No, and I don't Mm. know if I drank a plum flavored drink, if I would be able to identify it as plum if it were grog at a grad school party. You know? Everything tastes like Hawaiian punch. It's not... (laughs) It, that's so specific. But I it would guess, just be fruity. I guess flat beer is a bad endearing nickname, so we got plum, would, and that's I good. Loved hey, it. flat beer. If he, yeah, if he called her flat beer. Or hey, PBR. <laughs> I think that would have been a much, but, you know, I'm different than them. Okay, so she is like, hey, let's go into this uh, room. And he's like, all right, I guess. And she takes his hand. Um She's very nervous. He thinks, little did she know that I'd follow her down this hallway, even if it caught fire. Oh, so good. Um, she goes into a random room. They don't know whose room it is. Locks the door. Okay, I feel like what's about to commence here just is party foul after party foul on behalf of the host. 
Some of the things that go down, I feel like locking yourself into somebody else's room. And then there's at some point later on, we're going to talk about her cleaning herself and discarding the tissue in a trash can in the room. And I'm just like, is that, could you? Not in a bedroom trash can. Not in a bedroom trash can. But that's, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Party foul. Um, But I think that if you're going to have this party at like a college or a grad school level, you expect people to bone in the bedrooms. That's true. You, you put some sort of disposable blanket down. Like I can, I can bleach (laughs) this. It's fine. Just drape everything. Did it like your grad school party? You like wrapped your bed like cellophane or something. (laughs) We know what's going to happen. (laughs) Listen, this is just Just some cling wrap. I'm putting it down on everything (laughs) that is porous. So if you just be a buddy and stick to the cling wrap, that would be great. You can hear people boning on like the crispy tarp (laughs) that you put down. Crinkle, 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 crinkle. crinkle. (laughs) Um, Okay, so she says. This room is Vegas. What happens here stays here. Or rather, what says here is stayed here. And it says she was tipsy, but she's only had like two drinks of this drink. So I mean, they're trying to play the she has low tolerance angle, but sure. She but in this in 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 some of her her alcohol and sexual interactions, she comes across like the twelve year old she used to be in some ways. And maybe she's Maybe and, that and makes maybe sense. That's, uh, yeah, and when she's with him, maybe she kind of goes back to that. And again, I think it explains how she responds to him. But my note on this chapter, as much as I liked it, was I almost, and I, I will never say this about any other heroine ever, I almost wish she'd been a virgin. I almost wish yeah. all of this, show me how to do it, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to do this. Like, she's had sex with other people. Yeah. So and the, yet, like hasn't done most things. Yeah. So she's, she doesn't, and, and jumping ahead, you know, she doesn't know how to put on a condom and she doesn't know how to do this. And she's tentative she about that. She's not on top. She's yeah. like, I've never been on top before. I'm so like, I almost, I mean, I get that it wasn't fulfilling sex. I understand that, but I almost sure. wish she's just like, yeah, I was too busy with school and everything else to ever do this. Somebody's got to teach me. Why not mm-hmm. be the sex fantasy of my childhood? So I just, it's odd to me that they gave her, you know, some experience, but then, She's just like this babe in the woods, like, oh, this is your, oh, your, oh, what do I do with this? Yeah. And it would make more sense, too, because he, from his side, has some of those, like, virgin-y, like, I'm the first guy to do this to her anyway. So it's like, we already have the gross part of the virgin trope. Why not go all the way? (laughs) I know. I don't love the virgin trope, so it's bizarre to me that I actually kind of wanted it here, and yet it would just make more sense. Yeah, exactly. That said, this is super hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is an incredible scene. Um... (laughs) But she, yeah, so they want her to be tipsy, even though she just had two drinks of this thing five minutes ago. And even if two drinks did get her drunk, it wouldn't happen that fast. Yeah. Toxicology wise. Anyway. Okay. Um, She says, I want you to teach me things, not just about how, eh, not just about how to be around guys, but how to be with a guy. I think about it all the time. And I know you're comfortable doing this stuff without being in a relationship and, she trailed off, looking up at me in the dark room. We're friends, right? I knew with absolute certainty where this was going and murmured, whatever it is, I'll do it. <laughs> you don't know what I'm asking. Laughing, I whispered, so ask, because he definitely knows what yes. she's asking. Yes. And she's like, I watched another movie, she said, a porny one. <laughs> and when the guy came, he pulled out of her and he did it on her as if like she's never fucking thought about that in her life. It's crazy. And also, hasn't she said she watched porn before? Yes. Isn't that like you can't not see that? 
Yeah, and his answer is, that's pretty common in porn. Uh, <laughs> the guys don't come inside the women. Like, it's got to be a special porn for that. <laughs> it's got to be. There is a whole section on Pornhub for that. You yeah. can find that. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. <laughs> and it's got to be its own section. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so she wants to give him an HJ. And so he's like, fine by me. Sure. <laughs> and so they do like a standing up um, hand job situation. It's super duper hot for a hand job. I, would I was going to say, I mean, for a hand job, they, they write it well. Yes. Yeah. This is about as hot as a hand job can get. Yes. And I got to say, coming on your partner is not typically a thing I appreciate and enjoy reading about. Like, th- mm-hmm. th- to me, it can be a little. It is. They wrote this well. Like, they wrote this in a way mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, I get the appeal of it here. I mm-hmm. don't get the appeal of it in a lot of, I guess, porn situations, right? It feels a little bit more like, right. like, why always the face? Just why? The, <laughs> why? But this, it's like they, this Amy Schumer sketch that was, like, coming on somebody's face, and the, the best reaction you're ever going to get from a woman is like, Okay. All right. And then she goes and washes it off. She's like, that is the 100% best reaction you're ever going to get from a woman in real life is, oh, all right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I just, it has to be written well. Like, we've read a few that was like, spilled his seed on me. (laughs) Uh, We read uh, Satiny Liquidy Jets. Uh, That was a lot. Um, but this is good. I don't remember and, what and the terminology just, was, but it was he, good. He calls it his orgasm, my orgasm right. on her skin. And I, I, at first that was odd. Like I'd not heard that expression before, but you know, as you start thinking about like hot seed of my whatever, there isn't a really a great option. So sure. Mm-hmm. Orgasm. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then he finger bangs her, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, I think yep. so. She, she is, she's waxed and he's like, what? Yeah. I did not yeah. expect this. She went and got a wax with Chloe and Sarah. And so that's that. They clean up. They throw the tissue in the garbage can. And somebody else's trash can't find a toilet. I don't know. I feel like be- bedroom garbage cans are often unlined. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. <laughs> um, but then they go back to the party and some guy named Dylan asks her out. And she says yes. Because that's yeah. what she's in it for. Get in, get out. Secret agent. Get in, get out. Secret this. agent. Because she knows that he's not going to be your boyfriend. So yeah. she she goes on the date. She thinks about Will pretty much the whole time. Um, and then after, and he's like texting her while she's on the date. Date ends at nine. She goes over to Will's house. So she just kind of finds herself over at his house. <laughs> she's just there. And yeah. we get a description of his house, which... Mm-hmm. Is kind of like boyfriend goals, I would think. Yeah. Wood floors, bookcases packed to the brim with dog-eared novels, genetic texts, entire wall with comic books. Like, that's... They know who they're writing for. Yeah, they They do. (laughs) They know their audience. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And this... So she just kind of finds herself over there. She's like, the date was good. We had a lot to talk about. But she kind of doesn't tell him that she was thinking about him the whole time. And he's kind of like, well, the date ended at 9 p.m., so it couldn't have been all that great. Okay, but my my question is, it is a work night. What time do people in New York, if they're running and then showering and then going to breakfast and getting know, grief right? for dates that end at 9, what time do does the work day start in I, New York? Well, there's a time where they just, like, sleep in bed to, twice where she just doesn't fucking go to work. Like, yeah. is it on her own schedule or whatever? She can uh, just go to the lab whenever? May, maybe? I don't know. I don't the, know. The whole work thing was a little nebulous to me, but... 
I try to put myself in like an early 20s position of like falling in love with something like that initial infatuation mm-hmm. with somebody where you don't care if you're on the phone until 3 a.m. and you have to get up two hours later because you're like, ah, this is a boy. And I feel like that's where they're at. Yeah. He's ever so dreamy. I'll be tired at work tomorrow. It's oh, fine. Yeah. 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 So she goes over to his house and they uh, dry hump dry at his hump. house. <laughs> I, and I love that, you know, she's, is she still the the, the teenager who's dreaming about and, and he's getting you know, like the the handies and then the dry humping and he's fine with it it's cool it's fine yeah. Uh-huh. yeah then the next thing that happens is will runs into dylan at a coffee shop oh no no not a coffee shop a dunkin donuts a dunkin donuts <laughs> it was so specific and it's like it's not dunkin donuts isn't depressing enough you gotta run into <laughs> Fucking Dylan. <laughs> um, Dylan is, is, I think, probably a pretty handsome grad student, but I guess next to Will, he's pretty diminutive um, mm. and very grad student-y. There was a lot of, like, they said he kept bouncing around on his toes. Um, he's like a puppy. Yeah, I know that guy. I think I married that guy, actually. <laughs> but a lot of toe bouncing, a lot of just, like, happy guy. Hey, what's up, man? Like, we're both dating <laughs> Hannah, huh? Hey, you that's know? awesome, right? Yeah. High five. <laughs> exactly. Um, and Will postures a little bit, but it's it's not aggressive. It's not bad. He, Dylan tells him he's going out with Hannah again. Will goes over with his friends, Max and Bennett. They realize, like, he's definitely, like, in agony, in love, and she's dating this other guy. They actually describe him as a lovesick rain cloud, which I adore. They're like, oh, you're miserable. It's so cute. This is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's been a total jerk. No, I shouldn't say jerk. He has loved giving them metric tons of grief as as max was falling in love with sarah and so they got all the like the player who's like oh man some woman's got you wrapped around her finger dude what that's no way to live your life so for them to get to give it to him is delightful oh yeah this is the description of dylan he had that slightly vibrating feet bouncy thing going on where he seemed constantly excited about something he nodded a lot and looked at me as if i was someone to be treated as a superior But he's a lot older than him, so I kind of understand that. Uh, I think he he was in a suit there, wasn't he? So, I mean, there's a stark difference, so you can, Mm -hmm. yeah. When she's on the date with Dylan, the second date with Dylan, he says, "I I was happy that Hannah was out and having fun. That was the weirdest part about it. I wanted her to have what she wanted. I just wanted her to want me and only me. I wanted her to come over tonight, admit that she would prefer to just fuck me and quit this dating nonsense, and that would be that. It was ridiculous. And I was the world's biggest asshole for thinking it, especially since in the past I'd made a hundred girls feel like I did now, but this is what I wanted. Self-awareness. He's got it. Yeah, he's got it. But I love that Chloe and Sarah show up to babysit him because they know she's going, Hannah's going on the date and they didn't want him to be alone. So um, Bennett said you were a hot mess. Hot mess means pad thai, chocolate cupcakes, and beer. And so they show up with that because they're good friends. And it does mean that. Absolutely, it does. It does. <laughs> and I like that he has, like, I know they're just the the partners of his friends, but it's nice that he has female friends that yeah. are, like, actually genuinely his friends. And, yeah. and there's no, I don't know, no weirdness there. Yeah. But they, they make a really, really, really good point. They ask him, you're hung up on Hannah, but you haven't let your other two lovers know that mm-hmm. you've got feelings for somebody else? And he's right. like, nah. And that Mm -hmm. is one of my sticking, I mean, obviously you kind of have to do this for the plot. You know, he can't cut them loose because you have to have the big misunderstanding toward the end. But 
they're 100% right. And if he would just listen to them, you have feelings for her, let the other women go. Like that's, it's only fair to everybody. And he's like, nah, nah. No. Also, I'm so creeped out by everybody talking about Will's lovers. His lovers. (laughs) Will has lovers. I know. There's no other good word for it, but lovers. I feel like anything else you would call i have the same problem but then i like went through my rolodex of words and all the other yeah, words were demeaning and, I mean, toward yeah, those women mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. there's nothing that, yeah but ugh, lovers <laughs> <laughs> um okay so she tells him she's like okay third date third date is probably when That's i have sex with him right yep. like they're on a run <laughs> and she's like this is the sex date right and will's like yeah i mean Sure, but if only if you want to have sex with, you know, like there's no rules to this. He does get a little like, alpha e at times. Like if he forces you, don't let yeah, him force you. God. Like uh, all right, like you've met this guy. He's yeah. not. He's it's not, Dylan. Yeah, it's not going to be like that. I mean, she might like him, but he's not going to be like now we're having sex now. Like it's not going to Hulk out. I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm sure there are some guys that present that way oh, and do course, Hulk out, course, but it just course. seems kind of out of nowhere in this book. Yeah. Third date, she goes out on a date with him. The whole time she's like, I will not text Will. I'm not going to text Will. Not going to text Will while I'm on this date with Dylan. Here's I'm on me a date not with Dylan. texting Will. Just yep. not. I, yep. She brings Dylan back to her apartment. And, and she texts Will to tell him that. Yep. She's like, <laughs> we're headed... Yeah, we're headed back to my apartment for sexual intercourse, basically. And she kisses Will and or I'm sorry, she kisses Dylan and it's not very good. And she's like, yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to work out, man. And he's like, fair enough. And leaves. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, and he actually says, oh, is is this about Will? Right. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. He does. He does. Yeah, he does. I guess if this is about Will, well, tell him congratulations. And I love that Dylan, yeah. probably Dylan gets it too. He's like, yeah, yeah I want to bang I, the smirk off of that guy too. I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. So, okay. Then we switched to Will's perspective. I had a big problem with this. <laughs> uh-huh. She texted Will. He's coming back to my apartment. Will walks to her apartment. And just and then, stands outside on the street, staring her. at her front door. In the window. That's so weird. <sighs> and he sees them in the window, like the silhouettes of them. Weird, uh, Will. Yeah. He sees that they're upright and he's like, oh, good. They're not laying down. Excellent. But yeah. <sighs> also, she might want better curtains. <laughs> yeah. He's just standing oh. there. He's like, my hands formed into fists at the memory of the text. The words burned into my brain and the image of her with Dylan. And it's like, he thinks about going off to a bar and he's like, no, the last thing I need right now is alcohol. And if I was two blocks away from an apartment, then I'm, I might as well be home. He's saying you, he should walk home. Yeah, but how long would should. I wait there? Until, I, until she texted me again? Until morning when they emerged together, rumpled and smiling over their shared memories of the night before, of Hannah's perfection and Dylan's lame inexperience? And it's like, you don't even know that this guy has an experience. I'm like, Pump cool. breaks. Yeah. Also, I, I feel like I need to point out, he, he says, I'd run out of the house, no gloves, a two-light yeah. jacket, and running shoes with no socks. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he says, okay, that's when I told myself, you've crossed a line, you need to find your way back to the other side true like at least he's self-aware yes then she then he sees dylan leave dejected and then she texts him that hey dylan just left where are you 
and he's like, uh, I'm, st- I'm standing outside your apartment. At least he didn't lie to her. That's true. Yeah, I mean, he could have been like, uh, home, I'll be there soon. On my way, and then hid behind a tree for a while or something. <laughs> so then they have a conversation where she's, it's clear that he's jealous, and she's like, oh, are you jealous of Dylan? Because you've been seeing Kitty and Christy this whole time. I mean, and he doesn't tell her. Yeah, he doesn't say, because he's kind of stopped seeing them. He hasn't broken yeah. it off verbally. Yeah, but he's but he hasn't since since they first went running in February. He's, mm-hmm. He just kind of breaks it off, but he doesn't. And all he'd have to do is say, actually, you've been keeping me so busy, I haven't seen. Like, he doesn't even have to say, I love you. But all mm-hmm. he has to do is say, you know, I really haven't been seeing them, actually. And that would have gone a long way toward open communication. Oh, my God, if they had just talked to one another this book yeah. would have been half as long. but And this book needed to be half as long because yeah. Yeah. it was really – I don't know if it's because I had to read two books this week, one for Mel and one for you. <laughs> but I was just like, why – this thing is like 450 pages long. Yes. And yes. I mean, I don't mean this in a insulting way to the book, but nothing happens in it. It, it, it could have been – and it's interesting to me because this is – this is not a self pub and that's not a slam against indie authors at no, all. No, no. Yeah. But this went through an editing process for a gallery, I think is their publisher. And so I am surprised that an editor, an agent, somebody involved didn't say, you know, we have a lot of the same fight over and over and over. And can we streamline some of these scenes right. into one because we're kind of treading similar ground. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I'm with you. The, the conflict doesn't change all that much. The conflict doesn't right, evolve. They it's just always circle each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he goes over to her house. This is where they have sex. It's on, right? This is where they have sex, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. We learn that she doesn't know how to put on a condom, which I'm like, how? How <sighs> is that possible? I guess guys just put on condoms for for. I, I mean, if themselves. her if her experience was that bad, it sounds like she wasn't a big active exploratory part of it, and mm-hmm. so I guess so. And I will say. I like, at first I was like, oh, come on. She doesn't know how to, but they turn it into something kind of hot. Like she Mm -hmm. finally puts it on and uh, she exhaled in relief, lying back, pushing her hips to me. But with an evil smile, I pulled the condom off again and tossed it away. Grating my teeth through my agony, I told her again, don't be so tentative. Put the condom on my dick so I can fuck you. She stared up at me, silver eyes full of confusion. And finally they cleared as if she'd been able to hear my thoughts. I don't want you to have a single second of uncertainty. I like that. Nice. That was the only way to redeem mm-hmm. that for me. Mm-hmm. And then she rips the condom wrapper open with her teeth mm-hmm. and gets real sexy about it. Which, if Mel were here, we would have to talk about not ripping condom wrappers open with your teeth. But we don't bing, have bing, to. Bong. We don't Insert have to. 15 this seconds is- of silence where we all imagine <laughs> what Mel would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sex safety with Melody is not a segment in this one. <laughs> Rip all the condoms open with your teeth that you want to. Don't really don't. Use the sheep um, spin. Put it with <laughs> lubricant that's going to erode it. It's great. <laughs> oh, man. She's squirming right now listening to this. Yes. Um, okay. All right. So, um, yes, they have sex. It's great. Once they get naked, they do the thing where they say hi to each other. It's the weirdest. I think that's like the weirdest thing. Hi. Hey. We're naked now. Hey. Hey. <laughs> then he goes and showers. Uh, she goes down on him in the shower. They do okay, doggy but, style in the shower. 
her. He says to her, I wanted to show her how fucking good it could be if there was no rush, no need to do anything but this for hours and hours. And I just have to say, please do not have sex with me for hours and hours. (laughs) No. There are things I enjoy doing for hours. Those things are reading books and watching Netflix. Uh But anything with like that level of friction... Mm-mm. Hours? Mm-mm-mm. Nope. You can read books and watch Netflix while you have sex for hours and hours. <laughs> You've never tried that before? <laughs> Your oh, multitasking man. skills are better than mine. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so they, yeah, they shower, yeah, the they do is, more sex. Sex is real good. good sex good is sex real stuff. great. Good stuff. And then the so freak out after commences. the shower, then they have a big bite. And this is where... My on on my podcast, the DCTV Report. Find it where you find other quality podcasts. <laughs> my mantra is talk to each other. If people yes. would just talk to each other, we would have no problems. And so, if I understand where Hannah's coming from here, because she is all like, "Oh, we had sex, but it's cool. You're still here making me coffee. It's cool. You're making me breakfast. It's cool. It's cool. I don't need anything. It's cool. We're cool." Yeah, she's it's like, cool. "This is easier that we're having coffee in the morning." And he's like, "I'm not sure I'm getting you." Easy. She's like, "I'm making you breakfast." Yeah, yeah. It's just easier to do this part now. The awkward I've seen you naked part, rather than later when we're trying to remember how to act with our clothes on. And he says, "Devastating line. You don't think all that highly of me, do you?" And she's like, please, I know you, you know, I think you practically walk on water. I just don't want you freaking out or anything I expect or thinking I expect you to change anything. And he's like, I'm not the one freaking out here. And they have a whole fight about basically she's saying we're going to keep it casual. And that's really rumbing him the wrong way because he's not feeling very casual. And then during this fight, Kitty calls him, which Mm -hmm. is not the best time for that. And and she says, I don't, I feel like I've been changed by this, but I don't want you, I don't expect you to change. And he's like, who right. exactly am I, do you think? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, the thing is, he internally is not the guy that she thinks he is. That's clear. He is not telling her that. I mean, I think he's showing her a little bit. Is this a mm-hmm. love language thing? Is yeah. his love language actions? And she, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what the deal is, but he is saying things and uh-huh. doing things that indicate this is not, you know, I'm not trying to hustle you out the door. I am here. Right. I'm saying these things. And she's just like, no, 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 it's cool. You're a player. I get it. I get it. And he, if he would just say, this is feeling a little different for me. Yeah. Just five words. And if she would be honest about her feelings, if either of them would have been honest, this book could have been done at page 250. Uh Uh But instead we have 200 more pages to go. (laughs) Um, So the next morning he just doesn't go on the run, which is okay. This chapter is epic. So he blows off the run. And so she goes for the run anyway, without him. Yes. And then calls him. And then Aaron, what does he do? He calls her Ziggy. He calls her Ziggy. Oh. oh. And she she calls him on it. Thank God. Erin is so upset about this, she's sneezing. Like, that's how bad it was. Sneezes. Yeah. <laughs> and she, credit to her, she immediately responds, so I'm Ziggy today. That's interesting. And he's like, no, fuck, I just don't know who you are this morning. It messes with my head to call you Hannah. And she's like, get over your man angst, Will. We had sex. You're supposed to do this kind of thing better than me. I'm not asking for a key to your apartment. I'm not even asking for a repeat, you egomaniacal jerk. And with that, she hung up on him. Which, fair. And he has good reasons for it. He didn't want her to show up and be Ziggy like, nothing happened. It's fine. We're cool. It's fine. 
he just doesn't explain it to her. Right. So then he goes to breakfast or lunch or something with his bros and, you know. And he tells them, I think I'm the kitty. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I'm kitty. I think I want more. And she doesn't want more. (laughs) Then they go running again. And she's really weird. And he's like, oh, hi, Hannah. And she's like, oh, so I'm Hannah today now? Like, this is (laughs) like whiplash. So they kind of make up, right? They do. They do. And they have more sex. Yeah. Well, this is, oh, she yeah, this falls. is, where, this she is where she falls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she falls. And so he carries her back to his place, huh. tends to her knee, and she freaks out because she hasn't shaved. And she's got a little leg stubble. And she's like, oh, no, I didn't think you'd see my legs. And mm-hmm. I thought that was adorable and relatable. Yeah. Um, so they have sex and this is the one where they just don't go to work. This, yeah. this like was, I could not, I, the more they had sex, it was great writing, great sex. The longer this went on, I was like, you have to get to work. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> it's 11 a.m. Like, I don't, this is, well, I, I, I was say, having like cardiac arrest over this. <laughs> I, will, I think is his own kind of department at his I job. Care. I don't care. <laughs> No, at least call somebody and say, hey, we're not going to make it in. <laughs> your worth is defined by your productivity. And right now, you are doing nothing. I was, oof. Yeah. This is the sex where he writes that Nietzsche <laughs> phrase on her. Mm-hmm. Okay. I found this weird. Did you find this weird? <laughs> well, I, I found this to be, like, humbling in a way that so they're both science geniuses. She's biochem, getting her PhD. He's Doctor Sumner, something something science. They're they're STEM people, great. And then they start quoting Nietzsche at each other. Like, mm-hmm. leave the yeah. humanities to the rest of us. Give us something, <laughs> honestly. So you were just you were just pissed that they're know it alls. They are. They know. Like, I get it. Oh my god. <laughs> You could quote Nietzsche, God is dead. Great. We can all do that. No, I actually really like this. I, I like the thought that, I mean, he, he's tattoo guy. The tattoos are, are meaningful sure. to him. They're important. And so for him to put his handwriting on her and, and something that I think is a meaningful quote, I, I found that kind of hot, actually. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, I was mad about it. I was like, why are you writing on me? I don't. <laughs> weird. She, she liked it. I, it made me wonder I'm surprised that the epilogue isn't she gets that tattoo. Like, surely she gets that tattoo. They they don't include that. that. Yeah, Yeah, I assumed she was going to get that tattoo before the book was over, but it didn't happen. Yep. So then they have a discussion where he says, I know I'm supposed to be the one who knows what I'm doing here, but I'll admit that Saturday night was different for me. Her eyes softened, shoulders relaxing. I continued my voice quieter. It was intense, okay? And I realized that sounds insane, but I was a little taken aback by how you were so casual about it the next day. And she looked at me like I had sprouted the head of a lizard from my forehead. How was I supposed to be? Weird? Angry? In love? So she's really dumbling down on the this is casual to me sort of thing. Yeah, he says, I I have non-sexual feelings for you. And she's just like, nah, nope, nope. Yeah. She gets pissed and she storms off into the shower, basically, and is like, I have to I have to go to work because basically that wasn't the deal. She was they were going to have a casual relationship and now she's all tied up in this. So he waits for her to get out of the shower and he was like, that wasn't cool. You stormed off and left. And she's like, I into the shower. Like, it's not (laughs) like I left. And um, 
then they kind of make up. Kind of. They kind of, uh, he kind of lets her go and says, mm. okay, we both need to think about things. That's fine. Um, he says, who would have thought I'd fuck it up with a girl by falling for her? I yeah. wanted to get the hell out of there and I wanted to climb out of the bed, pull her back. Maybe we both needed to think about a few things. So, Oh, I know what happens. So he says, he's trying to be a, such a sweet cinnamon roll. He's trying to be nice to her. He says, I've never known a woman like you before. And she says, well, statistically speaking, that's really saying something. And she, so far over the line. So yeah. far over the line. All at once, Ugh. the fight seemed to leave him, and I watched his shoulders fall, the air leave his lungs. He stared at me for a long beat, eyes losing their heat, and they were just flat. And then he left. So, so. here is where I started drawing an analogy. I feel like this is, you could almost say it's Pride and Prejudice, because her her prejudice is... He's a player. He was a player when I met him. Mm -hmm. He's still a player. And she cannot, like Elizabeth Bennett, she cannot mm -hmm. get past this idea of, I know who this person is. And even though he is saying and doing everything, except I'm not seeing those other women anymore, saying and doing everything that indicates I'm not a player, I want to be with you. Mm -hmm. She just cannot get over that that initial prejudice she had. His problem isn't pride, it's emotional paralysis. Mm -hmm. So emotional paralysis, colon. <laughs> wow, these smart people are sure acting stupid, colon. Mm -hmm. Just talk to each other already, colon, the Will and Hannah story. I mean, like, like that's the... But yeah. I was thinking about it, and I feel like if I were in Hannah's shoes, I probably would have behaved the same way. Like, Yeah? Yeah, if it was somebody who I grew up had being this unattainable guy, I think I probably would have put up the same guards. Yeah. I was thinking about it like I don't th I think I also would not be convinced he wasn't just messing with me yeah. if he had been that guy for my whole childhood and early adulthood. So, I don't know. Anyway, so they're in a fight. She she tries to go over to his apartment. He doesn't buzz her up even though she knows he's up there. And she starts texting him dirty jokes and that works and they and she goes upstairs. She says I think the idea of you wanting more terrified me. Um, there have been so many women in the past. I can tell you have no idea how many hearts you've broken. Maybe no idea how not to break them. I like to think I'm too smart to join those ranks. Mm, so they have kind of a discussion, but they still don't tell each other what they want. Yeah. And... And, and then they, they bang just it have out sex. Again. Yeah, they just, <laughs> every time they get to the point where they're going to like talk about it, then they just bang. Also, she also calls her sister. And I think that's a chapter 13 thing. She calls her uh, sister. Yeah, she does. And, and says, cause, and we haven't really talked about this, but her sister had this brief hookup with Will one of those summers when he stayed with them. Mm -hmm. And, and then her sister, after he left, just walk around like a moody lovesick idiot. Cause he broke her heart. Cause it was Will Sumner and she knew moments of bliss. And then he was gone. And so that's another thing that has, has shaped Hannah's understanding of him is he's this heartbreaker who destroyed my sister, right? Like she mm -hmm, loved him yeah. and he left. And so she calls Liv, her sister and says, I'm seeing Will. And, and uh -huh. Liv is like, that was nothing. That was two seconds of my life. Yeah. That was my, I was upset that summer because I was getting bad grades and like, yeah. that wasn't, you yeah, inflated so, this in your memory. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, after that sex, I think is when they go out for like drinks with his friends. So Sarah mm -hmm. and Chloe and Max and Bennett. And, um, that, in that conversation, he gets really, they're very zeroing in on, them and being like you guys are into each other lula la and so 
He drags her out to the dance floor. They dance. They go home and have sex again. This is the one where he puts honey all over her. Okay. Uh. So we are recording this right after uh, the episode on the red has dropped. Uh-huh. Yes. And I feel like the red introduced people to some hard limits. Yeah. I discovered my I hard said, limits here. Yes. And that is running shoes without socks and putting <laughs> honey on your clitoris. No, 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 no. But you didn't discover any hard limits from the red? <laughs> no, like, I'm, I'm good with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Bring on the goat, sadder, three-person Slave auction, riding crop, that's fine. That's no Grandpa, problem. grandson, double penetration, that's fine. But when Ghost you want to put whatever. <laughs> running socks without socks, running shoes without socks, uh, that's it. No, but no I, I just feel like honey would take a good scrubbing to get all the residue off. And oh, there are certain parts of you that you just don't want to take exfoliating scrub and a loofah to. Oh, my God. Yes. At mm. least honey is one of those foods that's not going to give you like a bacterial infection. <laughs> True. But I just, even if I accidentally drop honey on my hand, I'm like, Full crisis mode. Like, it, it's sticky. It hurts when you, like, scrub it off because it's so sticky. I just can't. I don't and think that just, would feel I, good. And I want to say this is one of the scenes where she falls asleep, having been thoroughly sexed up, sweaty, uh-huh. semeny, honeyish, oh and God. she doesn't shower first. It, and I'm just and like, what about sheets? the sheets? sheets. What about I just, the sheets? Well, you heard, well, you haven't heard the episode on the red yet because it hasn't dropped. I've discovered <laughs> two hard limits in the red. One is... Uh, believe me, there are a lot of things to find hard limits for, like a minotaur <laughs> raping you. Um, one of them was somebody coming on your back and then flipping you over and having missionary sex. I was like, no, 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 no. Let me wipe off first. Yes. Uh. And the other one was masquerade masks. I was like, this is so creepy. <laughs> so believe me, I'm with you on this. I can't. I the- don't. I the did only, it. The it. only thing I've heard that is worse than this is, and yeah, he doesn't know I'm telling this story. I hope he's not standing outside of the bedroom listening to me. <laughs> My husband in one of his early experiences had brought a, a I'm going to say girl because it was high school, back to his mm-hmm. place. And the, she was expressing a certain willingness to allow food items to be placed upon parts of her. Sure. And he ran to the fridge like, what do I have? What do I have? What do I have? <laughs> <laughs> what he found <laughs> was unsoftened. Cream cheese? No! No, no, no! No, 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 no. <laughs> That does not spread well. No! <laughs> but it was the best thing he had. It was not a great introduction also, to... It's it's a savory. It's a savory. <laughs> I, I don't understand what else was in that fridge. Surely, I can surely understand that panic, better. though. I, but like, like, he was just, he was like, wait, I have, I have, a, there's a, there's a girl here and her shirt is off. I have to roll with this. <laughs> I have to lick something off of her. What can it be? Oh, that's man. That's dairy, hysterical. hard dairy products. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not averse to food. Oh, yeah. But here's the, here's what I'm saying. I'm not averse to food like having a sandwich, but I'm averse to food on me. Like, I don't want food <laughs> smeared on me, which I feel like is everyone else's probably uh, flipped. Like, you can maybe do a cream cheese or a, a whipped cream, no, but no, no, no. I'm whipped. not going to have a sandwich during. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I prefer to not have, you know, like a bowl of popcorn in the crook of my arm while this is happening. That's see, not a thing. Yeah, see, that sounds like a great idea to me. <laughs> 
But we've already established that my multitasking is, is at a higher level. On point. On point. I also am sad Mel is not here to talk about what might honey do to a condom. I actually oh. had that question. Would that weak, like, is that a bad thing? Yeah. I don't know. This is maybe the first time that I've ever kind of missed sexual health with Melody. I would really like that. Oh, man. You're missed, Mel. Uh, okay. So also during this, she had talked about one time when she talked about porn with him early on, she was like, those women in porn are acting. They don't, no one actually acts like that during sex, which is true. Like the accurate. women in porn are acting. They are yes. actresses. That is what they're doing. But during this sexual encounter, he's like, she's like, please, please, please. And he's like, oh, are you begging me? And she's like, <laughs> Will, yes. And he's like, so those girls in the porn movies you love, I whispered, smiling as I rocked my hips. We both groaned when the crown of my cock slid over her taut, ri- the taut rise of her clit. The ones who beg say they need it. I tilted my head, jaw tight, as I resisted the urge to sink into her. Would you say right now that you need it? Like he's, <laughs> I really liked that scene. Um <laughs> Anyway, so oh, and then that right after that, she drags her nails down so roughly yes. she leaves a trail of fire red marks from sternum to navel. Yeah, that's some. He, he really likes biting and nails mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Teeth um, and blowjobs. Yep. She wakes up to being tangled up in these honey-soaked sheets, and he's <gasps> got coffee in each hand. It's nice. Um, they have sex again pre-shower, so she's still. St- Sticky. I feel like it's that scene in the parent trap where they booby trap the stepmom to be in the tent and they cover her with honey <laughs> and shaving cream. Like that is how Hannah wakes up. You know what I thought of was um, heavyweights. Do you know heavyweights? <laughs> and they they strap. I think his name is like Lars, but he's definitely like a German fitness guy to a tree, and they cover him with honey, and a bear licks it off. It's the same movie, basically it's, camp. It's, you know, bears show up and either case (laughs) oh man outstanding Uh, i I will say this next morning is when she she returns the favor and takes a marker and puts her initials on his hip bone and and then puts her thumbprint which is i thought super hot i liked that that made more sense to me than the Mm -hmm. the nietzsche quote but of course Hannah being Hannah, she gets weird about it because mm-hmm. Will, fuck, he hissed, eyes fixed on the black mark. That's probably the hottest thing anybody's ever done to me, Hannah. His mm-hmm. words plucked at something raw inside my chest, a resurfacing of the knowledge that there were others, others who had done hot things, other who, others who made him feel good. Well, Duh. yeah, he's yeah. an adult man. And he's he, telling you that you're the hottest of yes. them. Like, if he had said, wow, Hannah, that's the third hottest thing a woman <laughs> has ever done to me. I get it. Yeah, but you, he's that ranks you, below New Year's you, Eve 2012. <laughs> when, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so then she invites him back to her parents' house. Is it a holiday? Easter. It's Easter. Easter. For Easter. And he he obviously knows her family very well. He lived with them for over a year, I think. Uh, So he's like, okay, but won't it be weird? Will they find out that we're doing sex to each other? And she's like, no, it's not going to be weird. Maybe you can sneak into my childhood bedroom and we can bang it out. But other than that, we're just going to be normal people. And guess what, guys? They cannot be normal people. It takes them all of five minutes to be just banging it out in the guest room with people walking around in the hallway. But wait, no lock on the door. 
<laughs> Before we get to that, can I just say, we reached a light at Broadway and the car stalled again. I looked out the windshield and then back to him smiling as I ducked beneath his arm and went to work on a zipper. Who needs the back seat? I am not a New Yorker, but Broadway is busy. <laughs> Aren't there a lot of, like, cars and pedestrians and mounted horse policemen on Broadway? Yeah. I am, again, no, I don't want to shame anybody's, like, kink or, or whatever, but that just feels like, well, like, I'm picturing the tourist with all the, you know, the, the, the Broadway, like. Was this a blowjob or a hand job? Uh, you know, I assume blowjob, but I guess it was. A hand job would make me feel a little a bit better job, about that. A hand job, I think, that. would work. Yeah. I feel like she Did talked I, about two. Yeah, I think it was a blowjob, though. I don't know. Doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. Listen, she's real horned up this week. <laughs> so, so they've already, there are going to be normal people. They've already done something in the car on the way over. They get Twice. there. They make he just, Yeah. Yeah. So he's just bringing his bags into the guest room and she like shuts the door, no lock, and is like, Let's bang it out in here. No condom. Like, just... And everybody's cool. And she gets... Okay, so they, they talk about no condom a little bit. This is the first time he's ever had sex without a condom. But she's like, I'm on birth control. We know we're clean. I, I know... Oh, God. It's like she's in my head. I can't now. This is... <laughs> oh, my God. I'm afflicted, you guys. They have not been tested, but they are assured that each other is clean. I was fine with it. Melody would not be, but she's not here. And then um, he, like, splooges a little bit on her skirt. Not a little like, bit. Fully, fully yeah, splooges. She's got a splooge stain on her skirt, and she's like, I want to wear it. just rinse it. it. <laughs> I want to yeah. wear it to dinner. I kind of like it there. And I'm like, what are you? Be honest with your feelings. You're acting crazy because you're keeping all your feelings inside. <laughs> that is not a rational response to right. Easter dinner with your family. Right. That's not okay. And right after he comes, Jensen, her brother, knocks on the door and is like, yo, bro, you in here? And he's like, <laughs> and, oh, yeah, just in a sec. And well, I'm changing. I'm changing. I'll be, don't come in. Don't come in. Yeah. And then, then he goes down on her and she finishes in like three seconds. Your yeah. brother was just in the hallway. He might come in at any moment. Still. And, and she's then, just like, that's nah, good. I think the door might be open now, and he finds a little <laughs> Jesus figurine, and she, well, one of them puts it in her cleavage and makes a joke about finding Jesus in her cleavage. He's holding it, for sure. And Jensen comes in, and he's got to yank her, their parents' Jesus statue out of her cleavage and throw it against the wall and think that the brother's not going to know what's up. Look, I think we probably have various degrees of religiosity represented in the HB fandom. Sure. But can we all agree that putting Jesus in somebody's cleavage on Easter weekend in her parents' house is maybe not the most respectful tack to take? I think we can all agree <laughs> it's not the most respectful. I don't think that everyone hosting the podcast right now would refrain from doing it. <laughs> I feel like if it was your own Jesus, but it's her parents' Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's there, though. I feel like if it were me and a, a person who hadn't grown up in that house, I think I would have a little more respect. But she's... She's a member of that household, and she's cool with it. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. If That's you're with true. a party that like has some kind of tie to the house, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. <laughs> okay, so the rules for the rules for <laughs> Jesus cleavage <laughs> are member one of household. party must be a member of the household. Yeah. So 
There you go. And the joke has to be worth it. It has to be real funny. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and then you have to not throw the Jesus against the wall and break it. That's part Fair. of it, too. Yeah, yeah. Also, they describe, they describe, Will describes her mom as such a good hugger she could have been from the Pacific Northwest. And I have to ask, is the Pacific Northwest known for hugs? I think it's because he's from the Pacific Northwest. I think what he's saying is New Englanders are cold. Okay. And where I'm from, people are huggers. I don't know. I just, that was a weird, I felt like if he was from the Midwest, that would make sense because you could like the, I don't know, the Midwestern. Like, hey, hey, I don't know. It was it was a strange. I just did not know the Pacific Northwest in any iteration has a reputation as good huggers. I thought that was interesting. Right. Um, yeah. So they go down to dinner and they hear her parents talking in the kitchen and her mom is saying, don't just stick the tip in, Johan. Shove it all the <laughs> way in there. because They're doing something with dinner. Um, so everybody's laughing. They have dinner. Um, everyone says Hannah looks really good. Well, Ziggy. Well, they, they all say call Ziggy. Ziggy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because she's been running a lot. So they're like, oh, you got a haircut. You look thinner. What is it? And then Will, like an idiot, goes, maybe Hannah's just happy. And then they're all like, what? what? Like, literally scratch? no one has ever called her <laughs> Hannah in this family to include Will. And then he freaks out because he doesn't realize he did it. And now he did it. And then he just decides to double down. And then he, he says, did you know that Hannah has a picture coming out in Cell? Hadn't I hadn't been particularly smooth. Her name came out louder than any other word, but I went with it, <laughs> smiling around the table. I loved it. And I also love, it didn't help that Jesus's tiny decapitated porcelain head was watching me from the sideboard, judging. Right. He knew. Um, <laughs> he, so. he also talks about wanting to, um, I wanted to reach under the table with my legs, slide my foot over hers to get her to look back at me, but it was like a minefield of non-Hannah legs under there. Mm. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> So he sneaks into her room. They have condomless sex a second time. At the end of this, uh, she has sex on top for the first time. They Yay. have to switch to the floor so that the bed's less creaky. We've all been there. We've um, all been there. <laughs> we've all been there in her parents' house. Oh, God. <laughs> um, or somebody's parents' house, anyway. She finally says, I want you to not have any more women. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you need to tell me that. And, well, he, she says, I want... I want to know if there are going to be other women. And he's like, you need to tell me to not have any more women. And then she does. And then everybody's good. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody has feelings for everybody. We're there. And it is page number 362. And I'm like, let's mm-hmm. wrap this up. We don't need another hundred. But apparently we do. Apparently him saying, I'll be yours every second if that's what you want. You just have to tell me was not enough of an indication for her that this is what. And they had amazing sex. That sex they had was was Mm -hmm. was emotional. It was that like we are bonded. We are here. We're together. It was love making. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Which we can also say when Melody's not around because she (laughs) hates the phrase lovemaking. It makes her curl up into a tiny shell and die. But I'm not too fond of it either. But that is like her word. She wouldn't love it that they were lovemaking without a condom. Oh, yeah. Even worse. (laughs) That's her hard limit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. She, they're ready to go. She's like talking to everybody in the family saying goodbye. She goes to find him. He's in the shed with Jensen, her brother. Will says, well, Jensen's like, I want to know what's going on with you and Hannah. What's the, or Ziggy, what's the deal here? 
And he's like, well, I'm seeing a few women, but she's definitely not one of them. Don't worry. And I'm seeing a few women and one of those women I'm going to get serious with, but like definitely not Ziggy. And she overhears this. And of course, she's devastated, which is like, but this is what you asked for. And she knows that she's self-aware, but like. Yeah, Uh, of course he's lying to Jensen. Like, that's the whole point of the weekend is to not tell her family. Anyway, so then they have an awkward ride home and then she sees his phone light up on the way home and it says something like, hey, XOXO from Kitty, I can't wait to see you on Tuesday. Are we still on for Tuesday? Then Hannah says to Will, hey, can we talk about some stuff on Tuesday night and he says no I have a work meeting Tuesday night so she's oh, like will pissed <sighs> which the second one I can get the overhearing yeah. him talking to Jensen I think that's dumb she could have just been like hey I overheard that that's lies to Jensen right and he would have been like yeah and then they would have been solid but the kitty thing I I'm on her side for yeah same 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 <laughs> then she he comes over Tuesday night after work and is like i have some time if you want to talk and she blows him off and says yeah this is over um i should have been honest with you about my feelings or lack thereof i just got carried away at my parents house and we're done and he's devastated he caught the feelings you know yeah he caught a bad case of emotions and he says i wanted to think of her brush off tonight as a glitch a scary curve that would soon straighten out and that my relationship with her wasn't over before it even started maybe it was her youth i tried to remember myself at 24 and could really only see a young idiot Mm-mm. so Fair. he's trying to be like maybe she didn't mean it and then he goes out with his bros and talks it out well and here's where we get some uh i think fan not fan service but we advance the plot on books one and two a little bit yeah which is chloe and bennett are planning their wedding it's high stress and the big one is that max and sarah are having a baby so and he kind of realizes this is what i want i want this with hannah i need to like try with (laughs) hannah and so he texts her you're all i can think about anymore and she's like oh this is torture like (laughs) did he send this to the wrong woman yeah yeah yeah. he probably should have said you're all i think about anymore hannah that would have been helpful yeah so she goes out with chloe and sarah and basically has the same conversation with chloe and sarah that he had with max and bennett um except that they're like he's a dog (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, leave him there's a there's another guy george who's outstanding yeah george is a part of side character two, and he's a lot of fun he is he has the super hots for will so that's why he's like ah. wait you're banging will sumner <gasps> oh my lord <laughs> that makes so, more sense i this scene i started this scene annoyed because they meet at a speakeasy where it's not marked and you if you happen to pass by during the week and there wasn't a crowd of people lined up you might miss it and i gotta tell you Peoria has a speakeasy. It oh, is but it's terrible. Oh, it's, you have to pull a rope and give a password. And I was trying to meet Tanya when she was in town and some of her other friends there. And I couldn't find it. And I couldn't find the rope. And I didn't know the password. And I was like, please just let me in so I can overpay for some fussy drink <laughs> and give my money to somebody with douchey arm garters. Just let me in. Put yeah. a sign up. But oh. it's also not great when you get inside the Peoria speakeasy. Like, it's, it's not wonderful the, the, or anything. Correct. It's, the drinks aren't insane, you know. The the uh, yes, it's it's busy, it's loud, it's. I'm just not a. I'm just old. I'm just well, old and cranky. What's great if you when you come to Anchorage to visit me is hundred percent yes. <laughs> the Anchorage speakeasy is great. 
because it's just <gasps> really it's a telephone booth in a coffee shop. You pick up the phone. They tell you you tell them how many are in your party and they tell you how much of a wait it is because they don't let in more people than there are chairs. And okay. it's a quiet, nice, you know, it's it's a good place to meet up with people. But it's just you might have to wait a little bit if you're there on a Saturday or Friday night. You know, if there if there's adequate seating, mm-hmm. if I can talk to people at a reasonable volume, mm-hmm. I'll wait. I'll wait yeah. for that. And then they give you a password. You go up there. They have a little slidey thing. And they're like, what's the password? And even if you're like, I forgot, they still let you in. And (laughs) it's usually like a nerd. It's like usually a Harry Potter or like Star Trek sort of reference, which I can get behind. And then you get in there and there's going to be seating for everybody because they only let so many people in. It's dimly lit. Great music. Incredible drinks. And it smells like cloves. It's like they took oranges and cloves and like it's very well scented in there, which I'm all about. This sounds worth... A trip to Anchorage. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. All right. I'll let it's you only, know when I get it's my only ticket. Like three thousand miles. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so now is going to be the big half marathon that Hannah has been training for. Apparently, I kind of missed it, but apparently she yeah. was training for a half marathon this whole time. I think she said if she wa- if she was going to run, she wanted to have a goal she was running toward. Yeah. Because she's goal driven. You know that's what she does. So it kind of yeah. makes sense. I will so, say. She walked 10 blocks to the start of the race. That would be my race. I'd be like, yeah, I walked 10 blocks, bitches. I'm out. <laughs> I know. One time I was lining up for the Disney Marathon, and I had been standing. You had to line up at 3 a.m., and the race started at, like, 5. And I'm like, I've already been standing for two hours. Can this be it? <laughs> done. Like, do I have to run 26 miles now? Like, Can two I hours of standing now? is... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I My friend that I ran it with, we were so nervous that this was so... The Disney one is particularly early because it's so many people. And a lot of the girls were afraid that they weren't going to be able to take their morning poop before the marathon started, (laughs) which is important because you're going to be running until like noon. And so like a couple were able to do it. There were a couple that weren't. I later found out that one of my girlfriends had to poop at the start line pretty bad and like went off into a ditch to poop. And then later found out that that ditch was pretty much in full view of like a lot of people. (laughs) But after she pooped in the ditch, a lot of other people went down there and pooped in the ditch. Because they've got porta potties, but once you're lined up in your corrals, you're there. You can't go back to the porta potties. What I'm hearing is if you are not participating in that particular run, you should not visit over that next day or two because. There's going right. to be some ditches that need to be cleaned out. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. you can't poop outside in Disney World. Period. The <laughs> no, end. No. In the, in the universe of places on this planet, yeah. Disney is number one in places you do not shit. You can't in shit public. in there. You can't nope. die in there. They do not allow it. All right. That's a whole other uh, segment. Okay. Conversation. All right. So they do this race. She decides she's still going to go to the race. When she shows up at the race, Kitty is there next to Will. Rough, pretty rough. Then when they're lacing up their sneakers and stuff, Kitty comes over and is like, hey, you know, I always wanted more with him, but it makes sense. Like, you seem pretty great and blah, blah, blah. So then she figures out that he had ended it with that they hadn't had sex since like February and that he ended it with her on Tuesday night. And she actually says he's in love with you. And if you're as amazing as he seems to think you are, you won't blow this. And I have to say this Kitty X Machina, Kitty just shows up and Hannah listens to Kitty. Hannah's not listening to Will. Yeah, Hannah's no. not listening to Sarah and Chloe. Uh-uh. She listens to Kitty. Kitty. Uh-huh. 
She listens to Kitty. Then they get done with the marathon. She's got a lot of endorphins. She now knows he's all about her. They go back to her house and have lunch. She says she needs to shower. He goes into that shower and has sex with her. And I at first was like, get out of that shower. This is her post half marathon shower. This is all all Hannah. This should not be your thing, too. Also, she's standing up and she doesn't want to be. Don't make her have sex standing up. But then he he lifts her up. So that's better. Okay, so he he lifts her up. She wraps her legs around his head and holds on to his head. And he's in the shower. I just that sounded like a, a slip hazard. Yeah, it sounded very like, slippery for sure. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they're, they're, I assume they'd be a little weak and trembly from all the running. So it right. just I feel like you're gonna fall and it's gonna be a tangle of limbs and like split scalps on the porcelain. <laughs> well, because on the line he picks me up, I wrote good because I just ran a half fucking marathon. <laughs> so. Right. Thank you for picking me up. But he it seems like he would be shaky, too. I mean, no one does 13 miles and is just fine. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so he's holding himself up and her up. I, yeah. I mean, I guess he's training for the triathlon, so he's probably OK. But. Yeah. He happens to be a romance novel hero, so they can pretty much do whatever. They <laughs> this want. is his personal triathlon. Running, yeah. fighting, fucking triathlon. <laughs> Bam. Yes. Um, and so that's the end. And then there's an epilogue where they're on their way to Chloe and Bennett's wedding. And, you know, they're in love. And it's he sweet. texts her. He texts her and says, hey, I'm going to propose to you soon. FYI. And it's kind of adorable. Mm-hmm. But it, they are finally honest with each other's feelings at 91% in. 91% in, they finally say, I like you. I like you, too. You know what? No, I love you. 91%. Ah, yay. <laughs> but, yeah. It's a great book, though. I would highly they're, recommend yeah. it. <laughs> there, the the writing is. I, I agree with what you said before. The writing is so strong that the mm-hmm. lack of really external plot and the the hugely internal conflict is so rich and so well described and such such lovely language. And then of course the sex scenes. You know, mm-hmm. that's good stuff. All right, Sarah. All right. Do you have a lady love? I do. Okay. So I am a TV person. I, I, I'm a freelance TV writer for EW.com. I thought rather than like, you know, dinner and a movie, that's fine. You're going to be listening to this in the winter. I assume it's going to be cold. Mm, So let's do booze and a bingeable TV show. Okay. And so, um, I recently discovered not your mom's strawberry rhubarb beer, which Mm. is this sweet tart. It, It says allegedly it's a beer, but it's just this, this, sharp fruity alcoholic drink that is the prettiest shade of pink it's mm. adorable are you and drinking I say, it now i am you're drinking a pink liquid <laughs> this is yes and honestly it's because i had seen i drank i drank a couple out of the bottle and i didn't look at the color mm-hmm. and i saw online that it was pink and i was like mm, before i say it's actually pink i should check it with my own eyes yeah and so i opened it today let's not look at what time it is that i'm drinking this because you know whatever it's fine it's a yeah. holiday holiday weekend yeah. so <laughs> I'm saying pair it with, and I had a long list of possible TV shows that I think would be things that listeners would enjoy very much, but I'm going to go with the Lizzie Bennett Diaries on YouTube. Hmm. That is a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice, five minute increments at a time over the course of 100 YouTube 
episodes. Mm-hmm. And it is all told from Lizzie's perspective, and she she interacts with all the people from Pride and Prejudice that you know and love, modernized to today. Uh, Bing Lee becomes Bing Lee, a Harvard Medical School graduate. It's I see. Adorable, and the actresses, the the lead actress is great. Everybody's wonderful. So you bring in these other characters. By the time Mr. Darcy comes on screen, the first time he appeared, I actually gasped because you'd heard about him and heard about him, and he finally appears in her video diary. It's just like, oh my god. He's so the Lizzie Bennett Diaries on YouTube, five minutes at a time. Take the time to watch it. It's delightful. Okay. Um, that sounds fantastic and like what everybody's going to want. Um, <laughs> I'm having trouble because usually I just I do a lady love based on like something I did this week. And like, I feel like when people are listening to this, they're not going to be. I'm like, go to a fair, go to a dog park. And it's going to be like, it's December, bitch. Um, it's a blizzard. But I will tell you. Uh, last week, do you know my dad wrote a porno? No. Oh, yeah. Really? Wait, no, 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 no. Not your dad. Not your personal no. Aaron's no. dad. No, 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 no. The, I the thought podcast. you were telling me. No. Your dad wrote I was like, I don't think no. I've heard this on the podcast. Um, no. <laughs> yes, I know the podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yes. So you have, yes. Yes, heard yes. It. Okay. So if anyone out there has not, it's finally back after like a year hiatus. Basically, it's a guy, British guy, whose dad wrote a um, erotica novel, I guess you could mm-hmm. call it, mm-hmm. under a pen name that's ridiculous, Rocky Flintstone, and was very like authentically proud of it and presented it to his son unironically. And his son was like... This is horrifyingly bad and got his dad's permission to do a podcast about it where they go chapter by chapter. Um, And they burned through the first two books, quote unquote, uh, pretty fast. But then his dad had to write a third book so that they could do a third season. I think this is season three. Might be season four. But it's been on hiatus for so long and it's finally back. And this thing is, if you like our snarky episodes where we're making fun of books, um, but get a little squishy like we do, that there are actual people out there writing these books and trying to make a living and like we're shitting on them, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. something real gross about that. This is a guy that it's totally fine to shit all over because he's in on the joke. He's the guy's dad. And it's, I mean, it's hysterical. It's really, really good. So... Um, that's back, and by the time you guys listen to us, this, the uh, season's probably over, so you can want, listen to season three in its entirety. Perfect. And, I, you know, I should say, I guess Lady Love Part 2 would be Christina Lauren has mm-hmm. a couple of different series. This is the Beautiful series. All the books in Beautiful are, are fantastic to varying degrees. The characters are strong. That writing is thoughtful. The details are great. She also has the Sweet Filthy Boy series. It's the Wild Season series. I think Sweet Filthy Boy is the first book. That one's marvelous, too. At some point, the two series is crossover. Wow. So if you liked this book, if you, if you enjoyed the book but think, oh, I wish it had been a little more, you know, like external plot like that. She has pretty much tastes for everybody. They, she, Christina Lauren. So I, I adore her. She's one of my auto buys. So mm. that's another, okay. not to hijack lady love, but part two of no, that I is would definitely, Christina Lauren. Check her out. I would rush out and read this whole series, if not for obligations to read Your other books. Other books that you're reading. <laughs> All right. Keeping a badass. And, and love yourself as much as you love plum-flavored drinks at <laughs> sketchy graduate school parties. <laughs> and then being called plum for the rest of your relationship because you re- drank two drinks out of it. <laughs> You're going to be 85 and your husband's going to be like, plum! <laughs> <laughs> but he'll love be yourself hot, that so. much. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. 
All right, Sarah, this has been wonderful. Hopefully I we loved have it. Back Thank you. Time soon. Thank you for the invitation. This was super fun. All right. And what's your podcast called again? Uh, DC TV Report, uh, where we talk about all the live action DC. You can also find me on Twitter, Sarah Netzley, S-A-R-A-N-E-T-Z-L-E-Y. All right. Thanks. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.